All right, let's look at uh, Romans 8.15 tonight. Something specific in my heart. Romans 8.15, it says, For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. 15, beginning of that verse says, For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. Notice that. You didn't receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. But you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. So the spirit that we did receive, um, we received the spirit by whom we cry out, Abba, Father, or Daddy, that we are children of Almighty God. And so we we received a spirit of adoption, a spirit of family. But look at the first part of that verse. It says, you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. In Amplified Classic, it says, for the spirit which you have now received is not a spirit of slavery to put you once more in bondage to fear. Did you know that fear is bondage? That fear will bind you. That fear will make you a slave. It says, for the spirit which you have now received is not a spirit of slavery to put you once more in bondage to fear. In the NIV, it says, the spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. See, fear, fear is not uh, a good thing. Fear is never helpful. Now, we're not talking about reverence. You see the word fear in the Bible, depending on the translation you're reading. Um, you know, the fear of God, that does not mean fear is uh, to run away from, to be scared of. That means a better word would be reverence, honor. When you talk about the fear of God, you're talking about reverence. You're talking about honor. You're not talking about, I, I'm scared of you, I want to run away. It means you have its respect. So we're not talking about that. That is holy and that, that is necessary. That is necessary to honor God. It is, uh, it is what we ought to do. But this says the spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. The spirit that we receive is never fearful. God's things are never fearful. It's not like, you know, this um, two-sided thing with God. That, you know, you're just at peace in God and there's love in God, but, oh, you should be scared of God. Not in the sense, not if you're a child of God. Now, the people that do evil and are going to rebel, there is going to be judgment. And in that sense, (laughs) we don't want to be on that side. But if you have a heart for God, you don't have to worry about that anyway. So don't even think about that. Don't, don't go down that path. We're not talking about uh, living in the family of God, relationship um, with Him. You know, th- when you talk about uh, the judgment of God, you're not talking about those in the family. So don't, talk, don't, don't look at that. But the, in the family of God, if you're 
uh, born again through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ and by faith in Him, there is no fear in God. There's not even a little bit. God, God is not a God of fear. This is saying the spirit you received is not of a, it's not uh, of fear. It's not going to make you slaves to live in fear. It's not a spirit of slavery to put you in bondage once more into fear. 2 Timothy 1. Let's read verse 6 and verse 7. It says, Therefore I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear. He's not given us a spirit of fear. Well, that's just like what it just said in Romans. He's... You know, the spirit you received is not a spirit of slavery again to fear, to put you in bondage and to fear. Here it says that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. That's of God. Power, love, and a sound mind. Those things are of God. But not a spirit of fear, not even a little bit. Anything that's of God does not produce fear. So if you, if you sense fear in a situation, it's a sure sign you're not fully looking at God. Did you hear me? Because there's no fear in God. There's no fear in a relationship with Him. In fact, I think we'll just read this now. Go down to 1 John uh, 4, verse 17. Skip down there and then we'll come back up and do it that way. It says, love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love. There is no fear in love. Well, the Bible says in their place in 1 John, 1 John 3, that God is love. So you could say there is no fear in God. There is no fear in God. God is love. There is no fear in love. There is no fear in love, but perfect love or mature love or complete love casts out fear. Because fear involves torment. Notice that. Fear involves torment. Do you, anybody found that out? Fear will torment you. And it doesn't leave you alone. It's not a, a torment for 30 seconds. Living in fear is a horrible thing. Going through situations where you're constantly in fear is horrible. That's because it's of the devil. And it's torment to live in fear. Now, we'll, we'll see some things about what that is saying in a moment. It says, but he who fears has not been made perfect in love. He, if, you, if there's fear there, it means we're not mature in love. We're not understanding love. We don't. Uh, we're not complete in that because we're fearing. And so if we're fearing, we're not, we're not fully um, developed in love, which is in God, in the love of God, you could say. Otherwise, there would be no fear because there's no fear in love. So if we have fear, it's a sign that, that we're not... We're not looking at the right thing. We're not experiencing the fullness of God because if we were, there would be no fear. So this is a good kind of meter in our lives. 
if we're experiencing fear, if we're experiencing anxiety, if we're experiencing, you know, jitters about things, then it's, it's a sign that we're not really fully experiencing at that point God. Because God's not afraid of anything. Ever. And the child of God doesn't need to be afraid of anything. Ever. That doesn't mean we won't be tempted to fear. That doesn't mean we won't have symptoms of fear. It's no different than you could have symptoms of sickness. But we've been covering that. You know, we've been on a series in, about healing, uh, on healing. Just because you have a symptom doesn't mean you accept it and go, well, I guess I'm sick. I guess that's the final word. No, you stand on what God said. Say, well, the, God said that by Jesus' stripes I'm healed. So this symptom is not the final authority. I have to look at what God has said. And so I resist the symptom of sickness or disease. I push back on it. Well, it's the same way with fear. Just because you have a thought of fear, just because we have symptoms of fear, does not mean we throw up our hands and just say, well, I guess I'm afraid. I guess I'll just be afraid in this situation. There's nothing I can do about it. Or it may feel like there's nothing. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling fearful. So then you could think, well, there's something wrong with me. There's something wrong with my faith. No, your faith is being tested right now at that point. That's the point you need to say no. See, sometimes we think when we, when we come into challenges in life that somehow our faith should have delivered us out of the challenge beforehand. Faith doesn't deliver you out of, the cha- of, of having challenges, but it will deliver you out of any challenge. Does that make sense? So in other words, just because you come up against a challenge, people say, well, my faith is failing. No, your faith is being tested. What you do with the challenge, what you do with a symptom, what you do with an attack, what you do with pressure is determining what, how, how you're reacting either in faith or in doubt and unbelief. Well, it's the same thing with fear. Just because you have fear hits your being. And you will in this life. Faith will hit you. It's just a matter of what you do with it. It could hit you for half a second and you just knock it off and that's it. Or it could hit you and you receive it and you deal with it for the next two years. Whether it's going to hit you or not, that's a settled question. Fear will attempt to hit you consistently. The devil's not going to give up. As long as, you know, Brother Hagen, Kenneth E. Hagen Sr. Uh, told the story of a, a guy came up to him after a service once and said, will you pray for me? He said, well, I'm not going to pray for you unless I know what it is. He said, will you pray for me that the devil will leave me alone? And he said, what, do you want me to pray that you'll die? He goes, because that's the only way the devil's going to leave you alone. As long as you're on this earth, you have an en- enemy, an adversary. Do we all understand that? Sometimes we act like it's not true. 
Sometimes we act like, now don't magnify the devil. You were talking about that on Sunday. Don't, don't make him bigger, but don't act like he's not there. Either one's wrong. If you act like he's not existent, well, uh, you're going to blame something. You're going to blame God. You're just, you're going to go, that, that, that ends up in all kinds of um, uh, error. But if you're going to act like the devil's just big, you're going to end up like, if you're going to magnify him, you're going to act like God's not bigger than him, which now you're not going to believe God can get you out of situations. So just go down right down the middle of the road. Yes, there's a devil. Yes, he's there. No, he's not bigger than God. No, he's uh, not able to um, push me around if I'm, if I'm going to walk in my authority in God. And so I can resist him and he has to go. He's there. Oh, it's you again. Leave. Just because you have a thought of fear, just because you have a thought of temptation, we'll just say this a little bit more, you know, you, you, you could have um, a temptation to do any number of things. It's just what you do with it. You know, you could have a temptation to eat a certain thing that you're trying to stay away from. You can have a temptation not to exercise when you're trying to exercise. You can have a temptation, uh, you know, to go buy something when you're trying to stay on a budget. Uh, just because you have one thought, it, it do, that doesn't mean anything. It's what, what you do with it over time. Well, fear, you have different situations that you're going to bump up against, and they, the, a thought can hit you. Well, what are you going to do now? So you haven't hit this. What are you going to do now? It's trying to bring fear. It's trying to bring an uncertainty. What, what are you going to do? How, how do we react? Well, we've got to push back on it. Well, here in, in 1 John 4, verse 18... Let's read it again. It says, there is no fear in love. Oh, let's, let's go back to, sorry, verse 17 in the New King James. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love. So if I'm fully walking in his love, in other words, if I'm conscious of him, conscious of God, conscious of who he is to me and, and uh, who I am to him, then there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. Perfect or mature love or full understanding of love casts out fear because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. Let's look at the Amplified Classic of verse 18. There is no fear in love. Dread does not exist. But full-grown, complete, perfect love turns fear out of doors and expels every trace of terror. Just gets rid of it. There's just no, no fear, no dread, no terror. What's it going to be like in heaven? There's not going to be a bit of fear. You're, you're talking about uh, in the presence of Almighty God, in the presence of the angels. We have, we're in the presence of Almighty God now and in the presence of angels, but we also have all this darkness around us that obscures that. They're there, but you've got to receive it by faith because you can't look at it. You can't look at them with your eyes. There, that's all gone. You, you can see you, you are in the presence of Almighty God. Well, who can assail his throne? Not, not, there's just no fear. I mean, imagine the peace. Just think about it for a moment. 
You know, think about the most peaceful, relaxing situation that you could be in on this earth. You know, think of somewhere right now that, uh, you know, is calm. Think of somewhere right now that is peaceful, that is warm, or, you know, a certain situation, day where it just feels like there's no care. We're just talking about naturally speaking. Think about that. Get it in your mind. Just think about something like that, some place where you feel totally safe, totally no fear. You got something like that in your mind? Now, you multiply that by basically infinity. Heaven is way, way more secure, peaceful. It's just like, it's paradise. There's nothing, there's nothing that even remotely. You know that feeling when you're... Um, you know, you're on a, a break, or maybe it's a Saturday, or, you know, your day off, or a vacation, and, you know, you're getting away from all the stuff. Maybe you're not completely immersed yet, but you're trying to forget about stuff, and then a thought pops into your head that kind of jerks you back into the junk you left behind. You know what I'm talking about? You got to push it back. No, no, I'm, this is my day off. No, this is you know, I'm a getaway. This is my vacation. I'm not thinking about that. And you take, maybe you got to get a little, you know, push it off. You know, it seems like it takes a little bit, like when you get on vacation, just to get that to where it's like, man, it's far enough back. There's just a buffer there. Now it's like, you know, it's out of your mind. Well, in heaven, the presence of God, there is, the buffer is infinity. There is just not even a blip like that. I mean, what, what would, could get in your mind that would all of a sudden take you out of that? There is nothing. Zero. Well, I got this back at the office. No, no. Well, I'm dealing with this. Nope. Well, what is the devil? No, the devil's, he's out of the picture. My body, well, no, it's a renewed body. Just nothing. Money, well, look at the streets are gold. Food, whatever, buffet, go get some more to eat. There's just no need. So as much as we can ex realize that God is real and that that's actually his will for us, on the earth. Now it's not heaven. We have there's a curse on this earth. We walk in the darkness that is here because of the curse, because of the fall, because the world serves the devil. But if we can look past that and see that there is a God of love and all that he has given us through Jesus and that we can experience those things, so you have to take it by faith because it's not your reality as far as seeing and feeling all the time. But then, we, if we can experience that which is love, which is the love of God, then we can push fear out of the picture because, see, these things that we see and feel try to make it feel as if God's not going to come through, as if God isn't there trying to get you to fear some bad thing getting between you and God and having a less than optimal outcome. But if we'll push, we'll just take it by faith, and the more we focus on who he is, experience what he has done, experience his uh, love for us, then it will actually cast out fear to the degree that we could become complete in that is the degree that it'll push fear out. And then the closer we can actually exist to that place where... We just don't get worked up. Now, I'm not claiming to have arrived. 
I'm just, we're talking about the Bible says, you know, none of us have arrived. But we, the, the Bible is saying the more to the degree that we understand and let that be our focus is the degree that fear or dread or anxiety or worry will not have a place in us. So we can all come up. Doesn't matter what happened last week, doesn't matter what happened yesterday. Question is, as we're walking forward, what, what, what are we going to let dominate us? And the Bible says the more we're looking at him, the more that's going to dominate us, and the less um, hold that, that, that fear and dread will have on us. Excuse me. Let's look at verse 18 from the beginning and read through this. There is no fear in love. Dread does not exist, but full-grown, complete, perfect love turns fear out of doors and expels every trace of terror. For fear brings with it the thought of punishment, and so he who is afraid has not reached the full maturity of love, is not yet grown into love's complete perfection. So the New King James says fear involves torment. And if you look at a lot of translations, they bring out this this. Um, including the Young's literal, that about punishment, that torment, that there's a fear of punishment from God. But the more you understand God, then the more you, it's going to cast out any trace of that and any trace that God is somehow not going to come through with you, for you. Which can be a form of, well, he's with me, but he might not come through, which is kind of like, you know, not a direct punishment, but he failed me. So I didn't experience what I need to anyway. And the more we understand the Lord and understand and become uh, mature in that, it's going to drive out any hint of even that fear. And there won't be any, um, any torment that, that's associated with that. Let's go back up to um, <clears throat> praise the Lord. Yeah, let's go back up to Hebrews 2, verse 14. Do it that way. It says, Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself, talking about Jesus, likewise shared in the same, that through death, he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is, the devil, and release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. So Jesus, through what he did, it says that, if you go back to verse 14, he himself likewise shared in the same, that is, flesh and blood. He had to become like us, in other words, that through death, through his sacrifice, he might destroy him who had the power of death previously, that is the devil. And like we, we've, we've mentioned this before, when it says that he would destroy him who had the power of death, that is the devil, that doesn't mean he ceased to exist. Uh, one of my instructors at Rama gave this illustration. He said that word, destroy, gives the picture 
of breaking up and making ineffective. And so, like, uh, he gave the example like this. If you took a, 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 a parking lot and you jackhammered it. Everybody know what a jackhammer is? You know, oscillates up and down steel that breaks things up. If you jackhammered the parking lot so that it was just a bunch of fragments, the parking lot is still there, but it's useless as far as its original design went. Well, this is saying the devil had the power of death, but it says that he, Jesus, if you can put it back up, verse 14, that he might destroy him who had the power of death. Destroy him. That doesn't mean he ceased to exist. It means he's rendered powerless. That the devil is rendered powerless, says he who had the power of death, that is the devil, to that he would destroy him. Verse 15, and release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. So here it says, Jesus died and gave his life so that he who had the power of death, the devil, would be destroyed or rendered powerless and to release those who had or through the fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. So he, Jesus died so that the devil would be made powerless and those that were in bondage to the devil would be made free. And they were in bondage to the devil because they were all their lifetime afraid. It says, release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. So because Jesus died, the devil doesn't actually have power over us. And he's released us from fear, which would put us back into bondage. So even though the devil doesn't have power... Because Jesus has released us through his sacrifice, if he can get us to fear, we go back, like we said, like we looked at the other verses, fear will put you back under slavery, in slavery, even though you're free. So even though the devil has no power, if we give in to fear, which is of the devil, it's a back door whereby the devil gains access to our life to now lord it over us and make us slaves even though we're technically free. We're afraid of something that doesn't have any power anymore. So the devil has been rendered powerless by what Jesus did, but if he, one of the ways he gets in to believers' lives is through the gate of fear. Fear is just faith in the wrong thing. You're believing that something negative will happen, something evil will happen, something destructive will happen, but faith in God believes what God has said and what God will do and trusts Him to take care of you, fear will undermine faith and cause you to go in the wrong direction toward the plan that Satan wants for you. Faith will cause you to go in the direction of God's plan. So you can see why then if Satan can get you to start fearing, he's bringing you over on his territory. That's why 
We never are led by fear. Don't ever make decisions to try to avoid something. Now, I'm not talking about in sense planning out and saying, well, you know, uh, I'm, I'm going to stop at this red light because I want to avoid a wreck. No, there's, there's constructs in our society and things that you're making decisions based on just common sense. But what I am referring to is if I go to that meeting, somebody, you know, may have a wrong reaction to me or they don't like me, so I'm going to avoid that meeting. See, that's being led by fear. I'm not going to buy this because this bad thing might happen. I'm not, I'm not going to, you know, look for a new job because, I, I, you know, I don't, I'm, not gonna, I'm not gonna interview here because they may not like me. Well, it may be an actual awesome job, but you wouldn't know that if you took yourself out of the running beforehand. That's fear. Don't be led by fear, be led by the Spirit of God. See, if we're led by fear, we're on the devil's territory already. Because he, he's the one that, that we already established. There's no fear in God. God doesn't lead you by fear. Well, I just have a bad feeling about it. Define that. Are you afraid? Or do you have a check in your spirit? Those are two different things. Because if you have a check in your heart, you're not afraid. You're just like, no. You, you sense that the Holy Spirit is telling you and prompting you, don't do that. But the Spirit of God's not afraid. He's just telling you, don't do that. You being afraid of something and saying, well, I don't want to do it because I'm afraid, that's a different thing. See, that's the devil leading you. If you can't tell, the, if, you, if you're in a situation where your emotions are, are ramped up and you can't tell them, just get quiet till you can. Another tactic of the devil is pressure. Well, you better make a decision fast. That's fear. <laughs> Why would you need to make a decision fast? Because you're going to lose something? Because something's going to run out? That's fear. That's not the right motivation. You have to be led by the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God will prompt you, and there'll be a peace. It may be, yeah, don't go there, but you're peaceful about it. You're not, I can't go there. And don't, don't conflate the two. And don't, because you're afraid, of, if you're sensing fear, get it settled, resist the fear, and get it settled in your heart, what God wants you to do, but don't start putting God's name on something that's fear, you just confuse yourself. You know, if you don't want to go get the surgery because you're afraid, if a lot of people do this, don't start saying, well, God's leading me not to do that. Know that it's God. Because people have died that way. They're afraid of getting the surgery, and they start saying, well, God doesn't want me to, but all it boils down to is you're afraid. But you're not in faith to be healed either, so where does that leave you? Don't be led by fear. We don't, we don't, we're on the devil's territory if we're led by fear. In the CEB, verse 15 says, He set free those who were held in slavery their entire lives by the fear of death. So Jesus set free those that were held in slavery their entire lives by the fear of death. Now, God will break us out of that 
He's made the way for us to be broken out of that. But the, I should say, we will get ourselves out through the power of God by understanding what Jesus has done and then understanding how much God loves us, what we read in 1 John um, 4, or 4 verse, uh, 1 John 4, I'm not going there right now, 1 John 4, but 1 Peter 5 verse 6, can you put that up? We'll understand, the more we understand what God has done and what His attitude toward us is going to help us to avoid any of the effects of fear and not be snared by that trap and not be enslaved by it. Therefore, First uh, Peter 5, verse 6 says, Therefore humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that He may exalt you in due time. Verse 7, Casting all your care, all... all all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. In the Amplified Classic, it says, Casting the whole of your care, all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns, once and for all on him, for he cares for you affectionately and cares about you watchfully. Now go back to the ver beginning of that verse. It says, casting the whole of your care, and then it breaks it down. But notice, this is all fear. Notice we read in, the, in another verse, it, it said, no, no trace of dread or terror. Well, if you're anxious about something, if you're worrying about something, if you're concerned, those are all forms of fear. So that's all just fear, and that's all subject to, the, to what we read, that all, all anxiety, all fear, all worry, all concern is all cast out when we understand God's love. And that's what this is saying too, casting the whole of your care. You could say the whole of your fear, because it says the whole, all of your anxieties, all of your worries all your concerns. Now let me say this, if it applies to these things, it, it applies to any form of fear. Full-blown panic is just an advanced form of this. This is just a low-level form of somebody freaking out. In fact, they might be on their way to freaking out when they're doing this. In fact, it, you could freak out for just a short period of time, but you live with this day in and day out, this will kill you. Low-level anxiety, just being scared all the time, a pending, impending doom, something bad's going to happen. God is not God warning you. God does not lead by anxiety or fear. Just we have to separate those two. If it's fear, if it's worry... It's not God. That's, well, I have a bad feeling about this. Define that. Is it a, is it a fear? Is it an anxiety? I, you know, I'm scared because that's not God. You say, I have a feeling's a bad word in any sense when you're talking about being led because it's not a feeling. That, that makes it um, muddled with, with emotions. If you have a sense in your spirit, a leading 
that this is not the way to go, then say it like that because you're separating it. It's, it's not just semantics. It is being clear on I am not yielding to fear. I just believe God would have us go a different way. But if there's constantly like, well, this may go bad, this may go bad, that's fear. And we need to get rid of that in our, in our life because that's Satan trying to torment us. And he will. doesn't matter. You get past this, this next thing that you thought wasn't going to, well, I'm not sure if I'm going to get through it. You get through it. There's something, there's something coming up. Well, now there's another stress. There's another worry. There's another concern. And it will just keep going like that. There's always something that you can find to be stressed or worried or concerned about in this life. If you look, there's always something. It's how we look at stuff. So here, if you could put the verse up again, it says, casting the whole of your care, all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns. So again, that would, that would line up with zero terror, not an, not an ounce of it, no dread. You remember the picture of heaven? Remember the picture of just a soft? Throw it all once and for all on him. For he cares for you affectionately and cares about you watchfully. So this is the reason why. Not just a, well, I'm just not going to worry. Okay, the world can do that. But the fact is, they have actually a whole lot to worry about. If you're not saved, if your future is hell, if you're unprotected by God, and you're open to whatever the devil does, you actually have a ton to worry about. So it's not just a, let's play positive thinking. This is based on truth. If God Almighty is your Father and has redeemed you from the curse, removed you from the power of Satan, jackhammered his power, destroyed his ability to hurt you, then you are free from worrying about anything he can do or anything anybody else can do. And so because he cares for you, you are in a situation where you actually have nothing to worry about if you look to him. And so you can be free from worry. That's just logical. It's not fantasy if we're talking about truth, if there's, there's nothing actually to worry about. And if we give in to worry, we're actually going down the wrong path, making it so, so that there could be something to worry about. We're generating it. But if we'll cut it off and just go back and say, I'm believing God. I'm be and Satan will try to tempt you now to go down that path. You say, nope, I'm staying right here. He cares for me affectionately and about me watchfully. So that means God Almighty loves me. And that will push out the fear. I'm going to cast all my care on him because he loves me. He cares for me. He's already done everything that needs to be done. So I'm going to believe him. I'm going to walk in that. And so I am pushing out fear completely. And I'm going to live over here. On the side of being carefree, being worry-free, being fear-free. This is how we resist fear. With the Word of God, with truth, and we push back on any of the, 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 the tactics of Satan. We know they're going to come. We recognize them when they come. We know that fear is not of God 
forever. And we know that Satan has to flee if we resist him. So if we know he has no place in us and we can recognize it, then we have to resist. But when we resist, we know it has to go. And that's how we stay in that place. We don't have to have fear. We can resist it. We just stay there. And if it tries to pop up, and if we find ourselves slipping, or you find yourself, wait a minute, I'm fearing. Right when you come conscious of that, you push back. If somehow you, you found yourself, wait a minute, I'm worrying about this. We get, we get rid of it. We push back. Wait, no, no, no. Sly dog, you went around the corner. I, now I was trying to, I starting to worry about that. I'm not going to. And we just thank God. We, we look to him. We thank him for his love. We walk in what the word says. And we walk without fear. 